This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mix in just a little bit of twang. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to episode 181 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. And I am Tracy. Like how you had to really give that some thought. And I am so happy to be here. <laughs> oh. Tracy. What? Let's take a moment and thank all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Amen, brother. We are praying for you guys, all you troops that have been sent where you're... Oh. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Oh, for, my first, gosh. first and foremost, we got troops that are active all over the world, yes. especially active because of all the stuff going on in the Middle East right now in yes. Iran. Be safe out there, guys Please, and God. Please watch over them. We've got plenty of firemen from... All over the world that have yeah. uh, went to try to help out in Australia. Um, it's just a, a, a very hazardous time for a lot of you guys that yes. are in the uh, civil servant line. I know. I wish I could help somehow go out there and save a koala or something. It just, it's just so horrible. heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. The recent number I saw today was $1.25 billion. That. That's animals. Un, I mean, it's unimaginable that that could happen. That like almost, that. It, with that many animals, that almost seems like there could be, that could that could lead some species to be near extinction. Oh, I hope not. I mean, I don't know that to be the case. I'm just speculating. Yeah, but. I hope not. You guys are so in our prayers. Everybody is just, we've been praying like mad for you guys. And we just want the heavens to open up and the rain to pour down and... Help you guys out so much, and just know we're everybody is praying. I know everybody all over the world is praying for you guys. Want to do a real quick shout out before we get into the other stuff because I'll forget if I don't. But Deacon Gage, Deacon, <laughs> Deacon is an eleven-year-old uh, that has been writing us on Instagram. Luckily, on this one and not the uh, warning. Um, oh, Lord. Page. <laughs> but he was writing us, and I've had several conversations with him without realizing he was 11 years yeah. old until he asked for a shout out. Well, Deacon, we are just thrilled to death that you love the show, and we're just so happy about that. And uh, won't you send us a uh, shirt size, and maybe we'll just send you a nice little t shirt in the mail or something. What are we made of money? Yeah, for Deacon, we are. <laughs> Anyway, so let's uh, also, let's take a few minutes to acknowledge that there are a lot of people that are going through some things right now, some struggling through life, through depression. We've seen, I think, an uptick of people writing us and writing in the group of just things that are going on right now that's just uh, causing life to be a little tough, whether it be cars breaking down to something as simple oh, as that, seriously. or whether it be... You know, we've we've seen a lot of people lose their parents here recently. Mm-hmm. 
And um, we just want to say we're thinking about you. And if you need somebody to reach out and talk to, just make sure the group's there. We're here. Um, the suicide hotline is there, 1-800-273-8255, text line 741-741. Just remember, the world is always a better place with you in it. Absolutely. You guys reach out to the group, and I swear you'll get the biggest group hug. Bigger than this world. That's probably the best way to put it. I think so. I think it's bigger than this world. You guys in this group are amazing, and we are so thankful for you guys. And like Jerry said, please just reach out to us, anybody. Please. We love you. We don't want you to be sad. We don't want you to be down anymore. We got you. Okay. All right. Are we ready to talk about some cryptids? Cryptids? Cryptids, you say? I do say. We're going to do three cryptid stories tonight. All, all three are different types of cryptids, mm-hmm. and a couple of them were were ones that I didn't had necessarily heard of the stories. One of them involves like a Sasquatch, so we've heard of Sasquatch, but I, I was unfamiliar with the story. Once again, you guys out there that are Bigfoot freaks and stuff, you probably know the story already. But yeah, it was news to me, and uh, we'll talk about that. But we're going to start with one that I found expre- exceptionally interesting. It's the Toronto Tunnel Monster. Oh, see, that's why I don't like tunnels, man. <laughs> this one really didn't seem like m- much of a tunnel. It seemed, well, it was because it was involved in sewer system, Ew, I think. and that's even worse. I thought it seems like more of a cave in the beginning, but you'll see where I'm going with that. So as far as the Toronto Tunnel Monster, there's really only one story. So that's the one we're going to talk about. This happened in August of 1978 in Toronto, Canada, obviously. So a man would see something this day that would change his life forever. Whoa, do tell. That man was Ernest, and we're not going to give a last name because he didn't want his last name out. Okay. He didn't talk to me personally. But well, I was going to say, I didn't think But he so. talked to several reporters yeah. and he only agreed to do it if they left his last name out, which we'll talk more about that later. But Ernest was a mild-mannered 51-year-old man. Him and his wife lived in an apartment on Parliament Street, and they were raising... A group of kittens. Oh, Maybe that's why you were hearing a kitten. I owner. know. That's really weird that you said that. <laughs> well, they noticed that there was one missing. So he decided that they were going to go around and look around the area mm-hmm. for that particular kitten. So Ernest went out on his own. And he was out searching. He saw an opening to a cave. It was really dark. So he climbed about 10 feet into it and to see if the kitten was inside there. He didn't see the kitten, but what he did see must have been crazy because he said, I saw a living nightmare that I will never forget. Oh, my gosh. So here's how he described it. He had a flashlight, so he did have some sort of light when he when he went in there. He said it was long and thin and almost like a monkey. About three feet long, approximately 30 pounds with large teeth. It had slate gray fur, and it had orange and red eyes, which were somewhat slanted. Here's where it gets kind of messed up. He says that it spoke to him. He actually told reporters that, I'll never forget it. It said, go away, go away. It spoke in a hissing voice, and then it just took off down a long tunnel off to the side. Maybe it was his missing kitty. That went into the tunnel and he gained powers like the Ninja Turtles do. 
I don't think that's what it was. And nor did I see anybody speculate that's what it was. Okay. That is really scary. (laughs) What the heck? Did he go away, go away? Yeah. Well, he was shaking violently from fear, and he got the hell out of there as quick as he could. Here's the thing. We said that this event was told to a reporter, right? Yes. But Ernest didn't go seek out the news or a reporter or anything at this time. The news came to him. Why would that happen? Well, he thought people would think he was either drunk or or even worse, crazy in his terms. That's why he didn't do it. The Toronto Sun found out about him from a man who worked with Ernest's uncle. And Ernest had only told a few people about this, and his uncle was one of them. So his uncle told somebody else, and that somebody apparently went to the news and said, hey, I got a story for you. So he agreed to tell the story. To the newspaper, but only if they didn't disclose his last name. Ernest's wife said that she believes that he saw this thing because he was terrified when he got back to the house and he didn't scare easily and he hadn't been drinking or anything like that. She knew this for a fact. So the newspaper talked to a few of Ernest's friends and family members and they all pretty much said the same thing as his wife. No, this is an upstanding guy. If he Mm -hmm. said it, he saw something. Yeah. So Ernest went back to the cave with the newspaper in March of 1979. The cave was at the bottom of a uh, narrow passageway that was between the building him and his wife lived in and the building next door. So it's like a just a little small mm-hmm. area between the two buildings. They found the remains of the kitten no. partially buried in the tunnel. No. Ernest said that he remembered hearing strange noises like an animal in some kind of pain coming from the tunnel right before he had his encounter. So he showed the paper exactly um, where he saw this creature at. The passage where this was, it dropped down pretty quickly and then looked like it went a pretty good ways back. So it was assumed by the reporter that this led to the sewer system. It was There was some kind of an access point there that they think that the creature was able to come to the surface. So he, maybe he was living in the sewer And this is a way he could come up and be, you know, to the ground. So the Toronto Sewer Department inspectors uh, came down to the tunnel to take a look and see what was going on, mainly for safety concerns, because they were afraid that a kid could go in that tunnel or something. Mm -hmm. God, they're brave. Employees of the sewer system didn't make fun of, of Ernest at all. One of them said, people that work on the surface just don't know what it's like down there. It's a whole different world. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And that's the- You know, that is scary as heck. It is. You like walking above on the ground and there's like varmints and- Varmints. And creatures and things down there. Vermin. Vermin. <laughs> poop. It's all the makings of a horrible monster. Yeah. They're just monster. waiting to eat you. The toilet monster. Oh, man. So my uncle used to scare me with that all the time when I was little. He used to tell stories about the toilet monster. Really? Like yep. if you sit down and yep. poo-pooed and it would come up and yep. grab, grab your nuts? Yep. My, well, I don't know about that. It's oh. a family Tickle show. Tickle your butthole? What? What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what it does. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe that big pile of poop you poop ain't really poop touching you. <sighs> you might want to get up and look. That is the creepiest. <laughs> oh, the poor kitty. Well, Kitty's dead. Get I it know. Up. That's so sad. That was a creepy story. Ernest? You want to do another Canadian story? Oh, was that from Canadian? 
I'm in Canada. I'm in Canada. What the hell? <laughs> I'm not editing that out even oh. if you don't even ask. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're making comments about how you love their bacon or? I love their bacon. It's I ham. do. Oh, it was a ham? It's ham. Oh, why call it bacon? It's Canadian bacon. It's ham. Oh. Anyways. I like our bacon better. Let's talk about Albert Ostman. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. So who is Albert, and why the hell are we talking about him? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> well, Albert was a Canadian prospector, and he passed away in 1975. Aww. He was also kidnapped by a Bigfoot and was kept hostage for six days, according to him. Wow, that's lucky. So this, I don't think he thought that way. Why? So this happened in 1924 in British Columbia. Albert had been in his camp and he accidentally fell asleep. He was trying to stay awake. So I said, when I say he accidentally fell asleep. I was going to say, what does that even mean? He was trying to stay awake because for the last three days, he felt like something or someone had been visiting his camp because... He was seeing some strange things, like when he woke up, like some things out of place and stuff that he knew wasn't like that when he went to bed the night before. So just some things moving around and stuff like that. He says that a large, hairy creature picked up his sleeping bag with him in it and carried him off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was nice. At least he didn't have to walk. He woke up during the midst of all this, and he said this creature carried him for three hours. Oh, man, he must be strong. Three hours is a long That way. is a daggone long way to carry a grown man. <laughs> what if he was just walking in circles for three hours and let him down like three feet away or something? No. <laughs> Anyways, when he was finally put down, it was what appeared to him to be in front of a family of four Bigfoot, one of which he assumed to be the dad, which was the one who was carrying him because he was eight feet tall. Then... There was uh, Albert. This is Albert's quote. Ninja, will you stop it? <laughs> this is Albert's quote. People are going to be calling us. You were talking about Bigfoot, and I swear to God, I heard a Bigfoot in the background. <laughs> 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 Look, let me just make this clear. For anybody who's going to write later in any of these episodes and say, we heard something at the 16 minute and 37. I think it was, it's always Ninja snoring. It's always. True story. It's always him. It's amazing. So we've had people say that they thought they heard entities. We've heard people say they've heard demons. Well, hell, that doesn't surprise me. We've heard people say EVPs. It's it's always Ninja. You don't know that. I do know that. He snores constantly here. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's him. Every time. Okay. All right. So anyway, this came exactly from Albert's mouth. They look like a family. Old man... Old lady and two young ones, a boy and a girl. How he distinguished boy and girl, I don't know, but he did. The boy and the girl seemed to be scared of me. The old lady didn't seem to be too pleased about what the old man dragged home. <laughs> I mean, she didn't have enough for dinner. <laughs> but the old man was waving his arm and telling them all what he had in mind. They all left me then. Albert said that he had a gun with him the whole time. But the creatures didn't threaten him in any way, so he didn't feel compelled to use it. During the six days he was held captive, the old lady Bigfoot fed him what he alluded to as a sweet-tasting grass. 
He said, all right. he said that she would stack it and wash it herself and then mm-hmm. feed it to him. Like a sandwich? I don't know if she, I don't know if it was like that or not. I don't I don't know what he meant by stack it and mm-hmm. wash it. I'm just gonna say before we get any further, I don't believe any of this story. I just don't. You don't believe this story? No, I'm just me. I don't believe any of it. Because there's several holes in it, and we'll get into some of it. Well, way to run it for everybody. Well, a lot of people do believe in the story, and you'll get your opportunity to make your own. I'm just telling you, okay. I don't believe it. Well, wait. If they left him, why didn't he try to escape? Well, there's one point. I guess you can get it. There's tons of places. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So, some of these things we're going to talk about now. He just said that he had a gun, but did not feel the need to use it, right? Correct. Okay. Well, he also said that he tried to befriend the young male. This was so he could gain friendship to the older male, the big one. Mm-hmm. Why, you say? Because he had a box of snuff on him, and he planned on getting the older male somehow to eat the whole box of snuff, and that would hopefully kill him so he would be able to escape. <laughs> I think you have to eat snuff over years and years and years, and then might give you cancer, which is terrible. But he might have liked it. It might have been an upgrade from what he's been eating all this time. But my point is, so you don't want to do something as easy as shooting him when you have a gun right there. Well, maybe he didn't want to shoot them and but the whole family see it. But you're going to do have an elaborate scheme set up to try to get this thing to eat snuff. Come on. Snuff is pretty nasty. Oh, and he was going to take the young female with him when he left, is what he said. Because he was in love? I don't know what the deal was. A little bit of of Sasquatch love, I don't know. So, here's why he decided against this, in his own words. But, what good would that have been? I would have had to keep, talking about keeping the girl with him anyway. Yeah. That's what he was talking about, not the killing the thing with snuff. So, as far as taking a girl with him, but what good would that have been? I would have had to keep her in a cage for public display. I don't think we have any uh, right to force our way of life on other people, and I don't think they would like it. The noise and the racket in the, in the modern city, uh, wouldn't they would not like any more than what I do. So, now he cares about whether they're uh, like the noise and stuff in the city and how they're, they would be kept. So he thinks he was going that. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is, this is my favorite part. He thinks that somehow they were going to use him for breeding purposes. Ew! <laughs> what? <sighs> I mean, was he liking that, or I don't understand? No, I don't think he was liking him. He thinks what he thinks. So he was able to escape after six days because his snuff plan it kind of worked. Wait, got a buzz. Well, somewhat. It didn't kill the older male, but it did make him sleepy enough and groggy enough where he was able to get away. Mm-hmm. I like how, theoretically, he was trying to snuff out the Sasquatch. <laughs> I was going to say that, but you beat me to it. <sighs> anyway, he gets away. He runs across a logger. And... He said, I just snuffed out Bigfoot. <laughs> Well, what he tells the what he tells the logger is he's just a prospector and he's lost. He doesn't tell him the story. He don't tell him nothing. No, he didn't tell him anything uh, that he was kidnapped by a Sasquatch or a family or any of this stuff. Um, anyway, he said he felt like if he told him that, this guy would just think he was crazy. So keep in mind, this suppo- story supposedly happened in 1924. 
He didn't tell anyone the story until 1957, 33 years later. He said he didn't plan on telling anybody ever about this story, but there were so many stories starting to come out about Sasquatch in the news and everything now that he decided to go ahead and tell his story. Yeah, that he felt it was okay, that nobody was like, oh, right. hey, they won't believe me. And, and like I said, I'm telling you I don't believe the story, but there are some reasons why I wouldn't have a problem with somebody believing the story as we get into it. But I mean, I know he just escaped, but why did he try to take that logger over there and showing? I don't know. I have no. That's what I mean. There's all kinds of holes in well, the story that, scared, that don't make sense. So he told the story to a local newspaper. Now, most people did not believe the story, as you can imagine. Like I said, I don't believe it now. John Knapper, who was a primatologist, he said that the story was hard to believe because it, in that particular area where this supposedly happened, a family of Sasquatch wouldn't have enough food resources to survive on. Just for the type of food that they would eat, he didn't think they would be there. Which I don't I don't get that either because Sasquatch, from most of what I've understood, are like vegetarian. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't you know, they? But I don't know I don't know what the weather's like there in that area. I don't know if it's like cold all the time mm-hmm. and it's just I don't know. Mm-hmm. They were obviously they were feeding him sweet grass, according to him. Yeah. So So I don't know necessarily if that's but that's what came out. And then you've got the fact that the story was told 33 years later Mm -hmm. that made people a tad bit skeptical on their own. Albert Ostman does have his share of believers, though. John, You just said his last name. Yeah, you're thinking of the old story. Oh, duh. Sorry. (laughs) As I was saying, he does have his share of believers, though. Now, John Green, he interviewed him before... Albert passed away, and he says he thinks that the story holds up. This is what Green said in 2003. Albert was a believable fellow. He handled tough cross-examination with cheerful composure and swore that his story was true without hesitation and stuck to it until the day that he died. But I wouldn't believe him if he was telling it today. He said, this is because today everybody knows about Bigfoot and the description. This wasn't the case in 1957. Sasquatch or Bigfoot uh, in the 1950s were thought to be more of a tribe of giant Native Americans. They lived in villages and only had hair on their head. Albert described them as being uh, covered in hair, more like an animal. So I will give it to him that the description is more what we think of today than what people were describing as Sasquatch back in the 1950s. He was also interviewed by Dana Swindle and the vet from the uh, Seattle Primate Center, and they both said that his description was pretty accurate of a primate-type animal. Hmm. Albert said that he had never heard of a Sasquatch before his his uh, trip that he made in 1924 where he encountered them. He said that he had hired a guide to try to show him around the area before the encounter happened. This is in Albert's words. This old man Indian was a very talkative old gentleman. He told me stories about gold brought out by the white man from the lost mine. The, the Indian said that this white man was a very heavy drunkard. He spent several dollars freely in the saloons, but he had no trouble getting more dollars. He would be away for a few days and then come back with a bag of gold. 
But one time, he went to his mine and never came back. Some people said a Sasquatch killed him. At the time, I'd never heard of a Sasquatch, so I asked what kind of animal he called a Sasquatch. The Indian said they have hair all over their body, but they are not animals. They are people, big people, living in the mountains. My uncle saw the tracks of one of these things and said it was two feet long. One old Indian saw one over eight feet tall. I told the Indian I didn't believe in these old fables about mountain giants. It might have been some thousands a year ago, but not today. So that's what he had to say. Albert was questioned several times until his death, but never changed his story. He was even questioned by the police and even agreed to sign a solemn declaration that said the account was true under oath and virtue of the Canadian Evidence Act. John Green's book, by the way, that uh, we were talking about earlier, that has this story, and if you want to learn more, is called Sasquatch, The Apes Among Us. It's Tracy, what is your thoughts about this story? Well, my thoughts are, I kind of see where it's kind of spotty in places, but I also feel like it's he's telling the truth. I mean, if it's something he has stuck through and told that it is true all his life, and... I think he'd have to be pretty elaborate to make all that stuff up. You know, what's he know about sweet grass? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he has seen something. I thought it was awful spotty. I thought the fact that there was several different recollections of the story that was like, okay, I've seen this, I've seen that, no big deal. I kind of feel, take the first story, for example. This guy saw something in a cave that just flat freaked him out. and He's emotional talking about it. You're oh late. yeah, definitely. This guy sees something, and, and he runs like, in. Yeah. He runs into somebody after he escapes, and doesn't even bother to mention it to the guy. No, that's very true. And why didn't they eat him? Well, they may be vegetarians. I don't know what their intentions yeah, were with him. So you know, they didn't the, harm him in any way. None of just it, hanging. It, maybe it, just want somebody to hang with. I why was this Bigfoot three hours away? Three I, hours away. I mean, I would think they would probably stay fairly close to. Mm-hmm. home if they're looking for food or whatever the deal yeah, was. Why that's were they, very true. I don't know. I just, everything to me just seems, uh, I don't know. It's just shaky to me. Well, I feel like if that's what he believed happened, then bless his heart. And yet he can agree to tell the police this. And not, I mean, what are you going to do? It's 50 years later or yeah, 35 years right. later, 30, 30 some years later. What are you going to go back and prove that there's not a big, you can't. Well, that's very true, but it's also exciting if that really did happen that, hey, I hung out with some Sasquatch, and I, they were cool. I mean, I think it's a cool story. I just I just have a hard time believing that. Yeah. That was a good story, though. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and they were so nice. The Sasquatch was nice. And, and the other— th- and they carried him for so long. And the other thing, the other thing is— his ex- description, right? Uh-huh. Now, I'm not saying they weren't Sasquatch. Well, yeah. I mean, he. I mean, do you think he really knew? He says the Native American told him on that trip beforehand that they were hairy and all that. So the description he gave, mm-hmm. which, which you know, uh, Green said was, you know, a description that nobody knew back then. Well, these Native Americans knew it because he said, if he had said in the thing that 
this is all he had. If he had never mentioned that this, these Native Americans told him about the hairy creatures, yeah, I would feel better about it. Right. Yeah. But now he now that the one thing that Green was leading on is, oh, he had a description that was what. Yeah, but he he it freely admits that somebody else gave him that description. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it, in my mind, the Native American tells him the story, mm-hmm. and he and 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 he's like, huh, that's interesting, and he works up just a deal saying this happened. Well, true, but still, the Native Americans described it and said they've seen it. No, I'm not saying that it wasn't there. No, I'm, I'm saying just that saying, but cre- that... that oh, oh, I, there's no doubt. There's In my mind, I'm 100% a believer in Sasquatch and Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I'm like Derek Hayes, which um, you'll hear on Wednesday night show when Derek comes on. You know, Derek said that he's only had... Uh, he had one person that had a Bigfoot story that he just didn't believe, mm-hmm. and it's because there was every aspect of it. Yeah. And he said, you know, when he hears Bigfoot stories, sometimes it's a smell. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's, you know, the sound that they hear, or sometimes it's the tracks. Or And he said, but this story had, like, everything. Oh, mm-hmm. the guy could smell it, and yeah. he saw these big tracks, and mm-hmm. it had this and then that. And he said when he hears it, it hit everything like that, he just don't believe that's the yeah. case. And that's kind of what this one is. This mm-hmm. one has everything. Well, so. I mean, at least you tried. So, all right, let's talk one more. This one's a shorter one. This okay. one is from Great Britain. So, the last one we're going to do, I thought was interesting. It's from uh, England, as I said, and it was first reported in the 1970s. We're talking about the Beast of Exmoor. Gosh, that sounds really scary. It kind of is, but it kind of really isn't. Oh, you'll see. Okay, like Beauty and the Beast. No. Like this, these sightings, like I said, started in the seventies. But the main story and the name "Beast of Exmoor" came about in 1983 wow. in Devonshire, England. This is when Eric Lay he noticed that one of his sheep had been killed. Oh! So over the next two and a half months, a hundred more sheep would be killed of his. Like a whole herd? I don't know if it was his whole herd, but they all came from a herd. Oh man! Most sheep would in this area would have been killed by wild dogs or fox or something like that. And when those attacks happen, they attack their prey by the hind quarter. Oh, they yeah. Track them down right. from behind. These animals though had their throats ripped out. Oh god, I can't even imagine that. So just what killed these sheep? Many people in the area saw a big jet black cat in the area right before these things happen. Reports were that the cat was eight feet long. Holy shit. From nose to tail. Crap. Well, you were just... I don't mean to. Is it a panther? Well, that's what it looks like. But some reports... But it's just really long. Some reported a tan-colored cat. And some even said they saw a black and a tan cat together. So there's all kinds of sightings of these huge cats. Now, after a few of Lay's sheep were killed... I said sheeps, didn't I? You did. After a few of Lay's sheep were killed, (laughs) the Royal Marines came to town to try to hunt it down and see what this animal Mm -hmm. might be for fear of safety, obviously. Of course. London's Daily Express even offered a thousand pounds as a reward if anybody could find it. So the Marines hid in the hills up there for several days. Some say that they saw a black, powerful-looking animal. The killing stopped while the Marines were there, but as soon as they left, the killing started back again. Look how Almost sneaky like they the are. Almost like the animals knew what they were doing. Yeah. 
1984, Trevor Beer said that he saw the giant cat in the summer while he was doing some bird watching. He had noticed that there were several deer carcasses in that area as well. Mm. He said that the cat was black and it looked uh, like an otter, kind of. had the, the Oh, shape. like a shiny? Its head, yeah. Its, its head had the, like a shape of an otter. Oh. But he said it was black. But he said it had a huge head and huge shoulders, small ears, and it had clear green and yellow eyes. Oh, that sounds beautiful. It does. He said that it stared at him. And he could notice a thick neck and a, and a deep chest and a powerful-looking uh, four legs. He speculated it was about four and a half feet long, so it's about mm-hmm. half the size of what somebody yeah. else speculated. He said that the cat turned around and ran like a greyhound through the woods. He said he followed it to the edge of the woods, and he felt like watching it, after watching it, that it looked to him like a black panther. Mm-hmm. They don't have black panthers here, though. Wait a minute. Who don't? In England, there they don't have black. Oh, panthers. okay. They've got in that area. They've got some wildcats, smaller, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that's all that they have. Gotcha. Other than domestic cats. In 1988, a local farmer saw what he described as a fantastic cat going at a hell of a speed. His words: Every time it moved, you could see the light shine off of it. He then jumped over a hedge that was 15 feet tall. The dang did? Yes. No, the guy did. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. When you're scared, you might be able to do many things. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is so tall. How in the world? And he said he did it from a standstill. It was just standing there and just jumped. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is like a super. Yep. With superpowers. In 1991, a rural family in the same area, they saw a large black cat prowling around their house. And their 13-year-old son said that he had seen it. Climb a tree just a few weeks earlier. Did he ask if he could bring it home? I don't think he did. He can we keep it, Mom? <laughs> can we keep it? <laughs> be a lot of litter. So January 1992, the London Daily Telegraph actually wrote an article uh, uh, about the cat because so many people had commented on seeing it. Wow. So what is it? A few different opinions are out there. The obvious is that people misidentified it. They're just these wild feral cats and people thought was actually bigger than yeah, it really was. Yeah, their fear maybe heightened yeah. what they saw, what they thought they saw. Another is that some type of prehistoric cat that had been able to avoid uh, extinction for all these years was that there, like a saber-toothed cat or something like that. Okay, but how long can they even those pe- cats live? But they don't. They're just saying, that's what they're saying. Somehow one snuck through the cracks. And just happened to live that long. Hmm. And the last one uh, that I heard, but it was completely ludicrous, is the fact that it's from outer space or from another dimension. Like that darn cat or something <laughs> from Disney Channel. <laughs> yeah, that's a little far-fetched. Yeah. So, I don't know. And, you know, I did see that commercial with the little... Cat treats where that one cat member was jumping up to that balcony. So oh, jumping over that hedge really isn't all that. I guess that's true. Anyways, that's three little cryptid stories for you this oh, week. Oh, man. Those were interesting. It was interesting. Yeah, I like that. Um, I mean, I wonder how many years after 
they have seen the cat. I mean, was it, did it go away? I wonder. Or I haven't it heard that. That last story was in the nineties. Oh, it was in the nineties. Yeah, so yeah. it was from the seventies to the nineties, and then I didn't really hear. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably more cases out there, but that's just the ones that that we're talking about in the articles that I read. I wish we could see some cool stuff like it around here. We see stink bugs. Well, stink bugs are cute. <laughs> they're not cute. Oh, I think they are. I think they're weird looking. Oh. Don't so. hurt their feelings. Anyway, so we're going to talk, uh, we're going to do the Patreon and the iTunes reviews. But before we do, uh, I wanted to first thank everybody once again for the second week of very good success of people signing up for the Lifetime Patreon. Oh, yes, man. Thank you. That was that was quite amazing. We appreciate you all so much. I'm glad now, you like it. Yeah. Something did get brought to attention a couple of times uh, in the past week, though, that I want to make sure everybody knows about. So first of all, if you want to sign up, you do not do it through Patreon. You go to our website, hillbillyhorrorstories.com, click on the link. It's just going to take you to the PayPal account. Once you do that, Within 24 hours, I will send you an email that has all the information, your code, how to do it, all that. What I found out, though, that when you sign up like this through for, through uh, PayPal, mm-hmm. it just gives me the email that's associated with your PayPal. And some of these emails are old that people don't use anymore. So I've had a few people say, hey, I, I sent that like three or four days ago, but I hadn't gotten anything yet. Oh. And it's because I didn't have an email to an send it to An updated email? Yeah. So if you sent, uh, if you paid for it already and you haven't gotten it, send me an email at jerrypauly at AOL.com or hillbillyhorrorstories at gmail.com or send it to Facebook Messenger or, or Instagram. Or yeah, However so you can get, get a hold of fixed. me, yeah. send it to me and I'll get it to you. But if you don't have it yet, it's because the email address on there probably isn't a good email address. Yeah. I've had at least four or five of those oh, already wow. so far um, that were bad email because th- those email addresses are on there forever, mm, pretty much. So gotcha. some people had their PayPal for, I've had mine for 10 years. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It, well, I've had it for longer than that because I've had it for 15 years because it was before I met you. Yeah. Back when life was good. And... <laughs> So thank you guys for doing that. That's been phenomenal. Yes, thank you. And and we hope that you really enjoy that because, you know, we're really giving it all we got and trying to give you everything you want. And, you know, that's about it. We appreciate you so much. Yep. And next week starts all the new extra shows. So there'll be new shows on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Yeah. Four new shows a week starting next week. Also... We have a bunch of live events that are creeping up. If oh, my gosh. Wa- I can't wait. Waverly Hills, the night of the show. Is that the 25th, I believe? Yes, the 25th. The night of the Waverly. Uh, wait, I keep saying Waverly. The night of the show in Louisville. A bunch of us are still going to go out to Waverly Hills. I know Diane from History Goes <gasps> Bump is going out. Yes. Uh, we've got a bunch of people that's already coming in. You want, there's two, I think there's two shows that night. Or mm-hmm. not two shows, two uh, tours. Tours, yeah. Go to waverlyhills.com and get your tickets for that night. It will sell out. We sell that thing out every single yeah, year. Yeah, we sure do. It's for sale now. They've already sold a bunch of them. Uh, but if you plan on going to Waverly Hills, go buy your tickets. I Please. Don't, I don't know which show we're going to, the first or the second. I don't even know if the second one's available yet. I haven't went, but I know the first one's up right now. Mm-hmm. But they only have 25 per, per uh, or 50, I'm sorry, 50 people Per tour. Per tour. Per tour. Per tour. 
but they only have 50 per tour. So uh, go snag your tickets now. If yeah, you plan on we can't wait to see you guys. And That's then, best part of our podcast, man, is getting to meet all you guys, and we get so excited. And I, f- I felt like we haven't done anything in forever because we yeah. haven't been doing any live shows. Yeah. And those tickets are twenty five a piece through through Waverly. So mm-hmm. snag those. That's something separate. Our shows later that day. It's like between two and six. Yeah. And then the Waverly tour started like seven thirty. So you got Woo-hoo! plenty of time. Uh, also. Check go to when you're at hillbillyhorrorstories.com. Check out all the other live events. Like I said, I'm not going to go through all the details, but you got Waverly, Savannah, Charleston, Gettysburg, Pigeon Forge with Graveyard Tales. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, I'm so so excited. Indianapolis, Louisville, Bobby Mikey's. <laughs> you're such a turd. <laughs> Anyways, Tracy, do us the honors. I will. Um, our iTunes reviews this week is from Miss Trish eighty eight, Big Chunk fifty seven, Jamie from Oklahoma, D Schmidt eighty nine, N Feedner. You guys are awesome. You left such nice reviews, and we appreciate those so much. It just makes my heart happy when we see those. Yes, and please, 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 we're not going to be like other shows and say, leave us a five-star review. No. But, I mean, we, you, but we do want your reviews because it helps us so much. Yes, and we need to change stuff. If you, you know what I'm saying, just let us know. We'd be happy to do that. Um, our Patreons are Teresa Rowland, Robert Fremming, Leslie and Chastity Sullins, thank you all for your continued support. We love you all so much. And um, as we said last week, we didn't name you guys that did the Lifetime Pledge because we're trying to keep that secret for you guys. Not everybody wants that out there. Uh, these were just the Patreon supporters that went on the regular Patreon. So. Yes, and we appreciate you. Please, please know that we appreciate you so much. You all are just wonderful, and I'm so excited for this new year. And getting to meet a lot of more of you great people. Yep. Love, love, love. Thank you guys so much for everything you do. And we will talk to you next week. God bless you.